Hello everyone and uh, welcome to um, another kind of season of the Five Stories podcast. I'm here with um, with my co-host and uh, and brother Nathan. Hi Nathan. Hello Johnny. How are you? Good thanks. Yeah good good. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. I feel like you know it's been a while. It's been a long while since um, it has. Yeah. So, yeah no it's, it's good to get back into it. Um, yeah so we're kind of changing up a bit aren't we? We're sort of um we, we're kind of doing a short story, um, or not necessarily a short story, but we're going to take a shorter amount of time talking about it, um, just the two of us. Um, and I guess maybe, you know, maybe in the future we'll have uh, guests on to talk about a story or um, things like that. Hmm. But just for now, I think um, we're just going to discuss uh, a story each episode. And um, yeah, so I'm excited about it. But um, yeah, we've kind of, you know, both of us have had daughters now and um yeah so it's all, all been all been go so that's why we've um kind of not 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 really published anything uh recently but um i'm excited man i'm excited how are you how are you feeling about it yeah me too yeah um i think it's it's uh it's difficult in the early stages of having a baby to try and uh record podcasts in the evening <laughs> yeah for sure yeah um with all the uh yeah attention that uh that comes comes along with having a child so um but no it's been it's been really really fun i know you've been, enjoyed it as well but um it's very exciting becoming a becoming a parent and yeah. having all the adventures that that go along with that yeah yeah definitely but yeah i feel like yeah it's kind of life turned upside down but in a in a in a wonderful and um, amazing way um yeah um yeah cool man well so the first story i thought um just I guess the part of the reason why like we started this podcast was because you and I even though we're brothers we kind of have quite different kind of perspectives on life and and hmm. just kind of political views and all, all kinds of things so um yeah I think I think that's and part of part of this podcast I feel like is celebrating those kind of things is celebrating being able to discuss things without you know calling each other fascists or you know whatever um, <laughs> so i think um yeah that, that's kind of partly why um i why i've chosen this story so so the story that i've chosen is um george orwell's animal farm um and yeah i i just i think in a way it's um it's just a brilliant book i mean i just love george orwell i know i know you do as well nathan yeah um, and um yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what it is about him that's so great, but I guess in a way, like both, almost both sides of like the political kind of spectrum <laughs> can like take stuff from his work and really uh, chew on it. I, I, I feel, I feel mm. like, do, do, do you agree with that or I, I don't know? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting knowing the kind of story, I guess, behind him because he, he was obviously very, um, well, I don't know, maybe very is a strong word, but he was a... a predominantly left-wing um at least you know politically framed but uh, you know a lot of his books now are used by let's say more right-leaning people mm. as kind of symbolisms of of where the where the left has has gone wrong and and obviously um you know in a in a couple of books whether it's 1984 or animal farm or um, even the the road to Wigan Peter which I know we both um read fairly uh, recently it's interesting that he ha he obviously uh, is predominantly more left-leaning in his in his thoughts but 
also has the vision and the, I guess, humility to, you know, also offer uh, criticisms towards the things that he sees as wrong with, with you know, let's say his own party, mm. um, which I think is slightly missing from the conversation nowadays in, in general. Mm. I think people don't feel like they can constructively criticize any side that they agree to just because the conversations in general have become so divisive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you say he's kind of left-leaning. I, I do, I feel like in the probably maybe early years, he was more maybe left-leaning yeah. than towards the end. Maybe he was, because I know somewhere, I can't remember exactly where, but I, I know somewhere he, he kind of, he described himself as a conservative anarchist, um, which I kind of, felt quite found quite interesting um Hmm. and um i think yeah definitely in his in his early years um he was definitely more more left-leaning left-leaning and uh i I don't know i guess people's uh political opinions change as they get older and that and that's probably the more common trend that you see um it's like the stereotypical journey from Mm. the left to the right as you as you (laughs) as you get older so yeah yeah i guess i i don't know what i don't know what it is but i i feel like maybe it's a it's a sort of um yeah i mean i I guess we have different perspectives on this but maybe it's a sort of kind of um as you get older maybe you kind of see the world in a different way and you you you, maybe you feel like less things can change and i and Mm. you kind of feel as well that you need to protect the things that you've accumulated or, or that you've built up i i don't know but i it's um i think i think that's definitely that's definitely part of it um yeah. and, and people can become more cynical about things or less idealistic maybe hmm. um yeah as they as they get older yeah um but i i think definitely a huge part is you know as you get older and if you have children and you want to make sure that you know the future generation are uh, protected and taken care of so maybe maybe you lean more towards more let's say you know outside of the political but more conservative decisions in general mm, yeah, uh, like you buy a when you have a uh, a child you buy a volvo um <laughs> you know that kind of that kind of stuff <laughs> i haven't quite got there yet maybe that maybe that says something to our um our kind of uh the political leanings i did yeah i i did as soon as i had one so there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um well i guess uh yeah i mean it, it i guess in a way like maybe just to kind of i don't know i feel like uh so animal farm the, well, for me anyway, the first time that I read this was um, I actually have the copy that Mum gave me. So Mum gave me a copy of Animal Farm to read when I when I was quite young, um, maybe ten, nine or ten, um, and I really remember reading it. And I really kind of like I kind of enjoyed it. I guess for a nine or ten year old, it's kind of it's quite exciting in a way, and and kind of mm. a different way of uh, doing a story. And I think that's the amazing thing about Animal Farm as well is is that it's it's well it's not really written for kids um like i, I, f- mm. I feel like it's it's actually not, not really aimed at kids but but kids can totally understand it and totally get it um so just just a quick kind of maybe 
I don't know. Should, should, should I give a quick synopsis just to kind of? Yeah, um, yeah. I think for anyone who's not read familiar, it or whatever. Yeah. But if you haven't read it, um, just go go away and read it now. Just pause this and and uh, go and read it. It'll take you. I don't know, probably maybe an hour or a couple of hours or something. Um, it, it really not not very long. Um, and um, yeah, but it, essentially the kind of the plot is that. Um, there are a bunch of animals on uh, Manor Farm and, you know, they're kind of downtrodden and, and and you know, like oppressed um, by their master, Mr. Jones. And um, and so they 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 basically come together and they decide, you know, this isn't right. This is terrible. We need to we need to kind of take over. Um, and so um, we need to, like, make things right, make things fair, you know, for everyone um and so they basically like o- overturn everything and and in the end they they managed to kind of gain control of the farm um but basically what what, what you find out towards the end is that one animal it, it, especially the pigs have kind of um have kind of managed to um gain a lot of power like throughout the struggle and and they they basically rule are now ruling over the animals um, in worse or just as bad a way as Mr. Jones was. Um, so it, I guess it's kind of, yeah, it, it, that's, I guess that's kind of, the, and then it kind of ends with them kind of just, you know, like, uh, I think it ends with them just eating at the end, doesn't it? All the pigs just kind of scoffing themselves. Um, is that right? Mm. Okay. I um... Yeah, doing doing what pigs what pigs do. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It, it ends with, oh, the, it's, with it's, the pigs being yeah, they in kind the of house that the humans people, used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they kind of, live in. It's difficult to discern between the pigs and the men, and it's sort of yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the synopsis in a way. Um, I, I I don't know Nathan if you if you have any kind of I mean I, I in my mind I kind of have something that I I, I could kind of run with, but I I don't know if you have anything like particularly that you feel like the book is saying or anything like that. I mean, I, I think it's quite obvious the message in, in lots of ways, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's so much that you can, um, that you can kind of grab, grab from it. Um, obviously, I mean, as a, as a story, it's quite engaging mm. um, even without any of the symbolism or, or mm. anything. Um, it's, it's quite an interesting uh, story and it's interesting you know, you saying as a child you um, you enjoyed it because obviously with animals and they're kind of yeah. what do you call that when uh, animals are compared with humans? Oh, what that's, yeah, what that's called. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, with um, with with that kind of thing, but but it's interesting that a child could enjoy it, but also for an adult, there's so much. Yeah, just symbolism in it. Um, yeah. I mean, the main thing that I remember from the um, from the book is that they go through the the different kind of levels of. They almost have these chants that they do. I don't mm. know if you remember them, mm. um, the wording exactly, um, but essentially, um, or, or maybe it's maybe it's not chants, but they put right here, so. or signs. Maybe they put signs up. Mm. Um, all all animals are equal. Yeah, they're kind of like and some are seven more commandments. Like, yeah, it's like you know, uh, whatever goes upon two legs is an enemy. 
no animals shall wear clothes, no animals mm. shall drink alcohol, all animals are equal. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the end of the book, they've broken every one of the commandments that they, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. they yeah. set forward. Um, yeah, and it's, it's obviously, I mean, there's a lot of symbolism about the, um, I guess, the Russians specifically, because you had um, the main pig and then, I, I can't remember, is it Napoleon? Yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. Um, and then there's also the other pig who is sort of his hmm. um side his side side pig let's say yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh who uh, napoleon ends up killing yeah yeah, yeah. um and the, you know some symbolism about the like the uh, russian yeah yeah um yeah. russian history there yeah um but yeah there, i mean there's there's so much that you can that mm. you can take from the um from the book and yeah. I, I i'm not sure i mean obviously it it is a critique on on that specifically, but there's also, I mean, there's lots of ways that you could interpret it, not not just for, you know, Russian uh, communist history, but mm. often with d- just uh, people who are coming into power who promise all these things, and in the end, they turn out exactly the same as the people they took over from. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. To be a human condition. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, just yeah, on that point, like I was I was I guess I was kind of thinking like probably like if I if I think about my own like kind of uh like political views, I guess I'd probably say that I <laughs> and probably lots of people are gonna be like, oh gosh, like I can't believe that. Like it's, it's a terrible kind of view to have. <laughs> but um, but I I'd probably like call myself like a kind of like a, a communist anarchist in a way like so sort of i guess a kind of like i guess for me like the way that i would i would love the world to work is like through like you know everyone just working together but they're not being necessarily someone like ruling over uh everyone you know but it's just mm. kind of flows really nicely together and like i think obviously I mean, I don't really see that working in the world that we live in, um, realistically, in terms of like the way that people are. Um, so I guess, I guess, in a way, that's that's sort of my like very highly utopian, ide- yeah, utopian idealistic way of looking at things. But um, uh, but yeah, I think it's I interesting think because. Way... It... Oh no, go on. I was uh, no, I was just I was just going to say I th- I think it's uh, it's obviously I don't I don't think. Uh, too many people would be upset if if the world actually um, worked like that. I, I think the problem is the the scalability because mm. you can have a small community or a family or something that that works like that. Mm. Mm. I think it can work on a on a much smaller mm. scale. Mm. So I'm just I'm just not sure if it's if that kind of thing is just a scale problem. Mm yeah maybe yeah i don't know yeah there's people who are who are who don't because if you know everyone very well and you have good relationships with with people like in a a family that kind of thing can can definitely work i mean obviously sometimes you'd have the the mum making the decisions or the dad making the decisions or you know Mm. um but in terms of working together and making sure that everyone's living up to their potential i think yep. in a family you can you can make that work so maybe it's just as 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 the scale gets bigger there's less 
trust or less just connections between individual people yeah maybe yeah yeah maybe yeah no it's interesting yeah but then I guess also you know that's the other thing that I was thinking with this book is like it sort of I mean I think it very much speaks to that sort of thing as in speaks to the way that I look at the world um and kind of like says oh you know that's great that you have those kind of ideas about life and things but in reality like this is kind of what happens you know like and Mm. and i guess in a way if you look at every communist kind of regime or whatever like that that is what happens like that inevitably Mm. you know you kind of have this all this talk about everyone being equal and and things um and like but at the end in the end uh it just becomes a dictatorship and people being oppressed Mm. like I, i guess maybe that's just a part of human nature that always wants to have power over over others and and no matter what the system is there's always going to be someone who's like exerting power over someone else um and it, yeah i don't i don't know whether yeah so i guess for me anyway that that kind of maybe it kind of puts my uh, uh, idealism like in check a bit you know um hmm. i don't know yeah um yeah. Yeah, I mean I think cuz cuz it's true and and I mean some of the worst regimes founded in history have been, you know, at least started off with communist mm. ideals. Mm. Um and you know a lot of and it's a lot of like if you look at Mao's China or Stalin's Russia or it's a lot of it's not even so much that they're oppressive against other countries. It's like against their own citizens. Mm. Mm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sure why that happens, but I guess with, I think how it, how it usually falls apart is that people who are, who are better off in the country, Mm. um, you know, whether they're better off because they're just lucky or because they've worked hard to get what they have, or, you know, for, for whatever reason, it's not that, you know, everyone strives to be as equal as them but it almost is the government comes in and takes everything from these people who have either worked for it or got lucky or, or whatever it is. And then everyone is down to the level of, you know, the the poorest in that society mm. with the government or whatever body it is taking most of the mm. resources and not actually distributing them mm. equally as they yeah. would have promised. But I wonder, like, how much is that also a thing of, like, this is what we know? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, as in this kind of, like, this way of doing things, like, like, and especially in comparison to everything else in the world around you, like, maybe it's just so hard to, to actually act upon, live like that and actually do that, that it's, it, it's just so, because you're kind of, wanting to compete with everyone else around you i don't, I, I don't mm. know it's sort of um well i think that that's maybe also the scalability yeah problem. maybe because yeah. with globalization we're so connected now yeah and maybe um, i don't think you could run a country mm. like that but you can run a community like that mm. i think mm. yeah even today yeah maybe um, maybe more less and and i guess that's kind of my thing like anarchist sort of thing as well it's i I'm quite i don't know i guess i'd be quite sort of 
open borders and not really any countries existing and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. So maybe that's also a nightmare. <laughs> a nightmare for people like you. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess like sort of I don't know, maybe and maybe that's just my thing. Like it's like not really um yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I guess Well it's kind it's kind of similar to uh because um Russell Russell Brand's very interesting on this topic. Mm. He he has very creative unique ideas hmm. around having you know an individual community that hmm. all believes in in one thing and everyone trusts each other and and that kind of thing hmm. um but it's a smaller community it's not like a whole a whole country yeah yeah um yeah and maybe it is just too massive to as in to expect the whole world to be like that so yeah yeah hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's interesting. Though. Thanks for that. Yeah, I, I mean, um, the other thing that I want to say is uh, just, I just, uh, I mean, I know, like, so, so, Animal Farm was written in 1945, um, like five years before George Orwell died, and um, and obviously, you know, kind of, it's it's very much like in the Stalin kind of era, but it's also like before everyone really knows how awful it is you know like and 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 i i i find george orwell like just so amazingly fascinating like that as a writer that he he just has this like incredible prophetic sort of uh mm. like vision for how things are and and uh whether that's him interpreting the past and like putting it into the future or or whatever it is i i just i i, I love that about him that he's so kind of um like foresighted with his writing and um mm. it's um it's kind of I like reading 1984 or you know it's just kind of eerie sort of reading it because you know that he hasn't seen any of this <laughs> do you know what I mean mm. it's, yeah like it's all in his imagination but it's happening in reality and um yeah I think uh, he's incredible like that yeah yeah I mean it, it feels like it it's almost um I guess a book outside of time in in some ways, and probably 1984 as well. But I think the reason it feels like it's for foresightful is because it. I feel like he understands humans very well, mm. and you know these kind of things will just inevitably happen. Mm. Um, but yeah, sorry, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff in 1984, you know. A lot of people drawing comparisons to that nowadays mm, mm. around um you know whether it's censorship stuff or mm. you know that that those kind of topics in in general and, and big brother and it's really easy to draw comparisons to it um mm. yeah but i mean maybe it's amazing to, how you can maybe we need to do our own as in at some point down the line maybe we need to do a 1984 podcast um yeah but... yeah i'm sure we will um, but it is it is amazing how he captures all of that in and it's not like his books generally I find are really easy to read mm, yeah um, animal animal farm especially yeah um, but the he he condenses everything so well and it's I think some writers try to sound very intellectual and mm. <laughs> and that kind of thing but I find I find his books really easy to easy to read well, I think um, the thing with George Orwell as well is is that he spent 
like so much time with like real people as well. <laughs> like, like I mean, yeah, and a lot of working okay. class, yeah, working class I, people, and yeah. I mean, he describes. I think you know, in the road to Wigan Pier, he, he describes himself as, um, as uh, what was it um, upper middle class. Um, hmm. which is like yeah, like a very English term. I feel like yeah, <laughs> that not many other people, not many other countries would understand. Um, was it lower? No, is not upper middle class. Lower upper middle class, something like that. Yeah, it's very yeah. kind of uh, within the English kind of complex class system. But but I think he is like you know you 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 can just really see through his writing um, and uh as well if you read down and out in paris and london um that's also like a book where he, he he's really just spending time with like normal people and and i guess that's mm. part of his thing is like, it's like a lot of it is like journalistic style yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and it's just yeah, which is really making it accessible for people and and maybe that is partly what makes a great story is is you know from anyone you know, in terms of Animal Farm, like anyone from the age of like eight till eighty or mm. beyond, way beyond, can yeah. can like if you're eighty two, you won't be able to read. It's too complicated. <laughs> um, no, but like I think that's that's amazing, and that's uh, a a great testament to him as a writer and as a storyteller. I think. Um, yeah. 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 No, I really, I really love that book. I haven't, I haven't read it in in some time. I need to. I know. Uh, yeah. Need to give it another read. Yeah, it's it's it is great. It's really um worth worth reading, and um yeah um yeah would recommend anyone, even if you've read it already, to um to dip into it again. It's um it's just um yeah great great book. Um yeah um so yeah um I hope uh, I hope everyone enjoyed that, and um yeah I think um. That's, do you have any, any any other points, Nathan? Any other? I know. I don't. I don't think so. We should do 1984 though, as well. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely should. That would be great. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, thanks everyone for listening, um, and I hope I hope you enjoyed it. And um, yeah, if you have a story or if you uh, would like to come on the podcast um, and um, chat about a story. Um, or, or just even have a suggestion for a story for me and Nathan to do. Um, we'd love to. We'd love to hear it. So, um, so yeah, send send them on to us. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everyone, and goodbye. Great, thank you.